Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I am your host, John Quick, and boy, do we have a special treat for you today. Um, not only has it been sunny in Alaska in the last couple of days, but um, there has been quite the scuttlebutt with all the elections happening. Uh, Sarah Palin has been endorsed by Ted Nugent, which for some people, that's awesome. For most people, they don't really care, which is <laughs> just a comical thing that happens, happens up here in Alaska. And so... Uh, the special guest I have today with us is Chris Bai. Now, Chris Bai is a libertarian uh, running for U.S. Congress, and he has been officially endorsed by the Libertarian Party. But before we go into that, I want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor. Because of Charlie Pierce for Governor, we are able to get conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska, which is just awesome. We are a shoestring budget here, uh, competing against folks with million-dollar budgets, $10,000 cameras, and studio space. I'm sitting in here in my living room with a headphones that have a broken ear on one side and a <laughs> in a in a ear that's not broken on the other. So we thank you, Charlie Pierce, for governor for helping sponsor the show uh, to help help us uh, do this. It uh, does not go in your uh, your 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 sponsorship does not go unnoticed. Lots of people watch the show, which we are excited about. We are actually in the top 100 on iTunes in our category in three countries as we speak. So apparently we are big in Spain and Ireland, which I have no idea why, but uh, we'll take it as a win. And so uh, Chris, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. How's it going in your neck of the woods, which I think is in Fairbanks? It is, uh, it's another beautiful day. I think we might get a little bit of rain, which we desperately need. Uh, awesome. Other than that, I've got nothing to complain about. Well, you are running for US Congress in a field of <clears throat> 48 spokes or so, which is just a crazy field. We had Santa Claus on our show a little earlier this month, and we've had some other folks that are running in that in the pack of 48 on here as well. And but we have not had the, a libertarian candidate on yet for uh, that's in the 48. So we're excited that you're here um, today on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, just for folks that don't know um, what you're running for. And what got you first involved in politics in the first place? Uh, sure. So uh, for those folks that I haven't run into uh, across Alaska, uh, again, my name is Chris Bai. I am the Libertarian Party candidate for uh, the House of Representatives in D.C. Um, I'm a combat vet. Uh, I served in the Army for far too long uh, with multiple deployments overseas. and. Uh, after every one of those deployments, John, I, I found that I didn't really understand why I was there. And so I was, you know, obviously I talked with my leadership, right? And then I reached out to my congressional leadership, like, why, Mr. Young, why the heck am I here? And I never got any really good answers. Um, and then I came home from Afghanistan and a mentor of mine handed me a fantastic book, which I encourage everybody to read, uh, written by a guy named, uh, Dr. Ron Paul. It's called Liberty Defined. And it just 
like opened up my eyes. And then every time there was a election or a borough election or anything else, I would pin those candidates against what Dr. Ron Paul had written in that book. And I just found all of the candidates lacking. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily sow any seeds of liberty and freedom in any of those countries that I went to. Uh, but we did make a lot of people rich um, at the cost of us and, and some of our most treasured blood, right? So we started and we, I filed in June because I just couldn't sit on the sideline anymore. I, you know, we, we often get into the ballot box and we have to choose the lesser of two evils. I, I'm as guilty as, as the next guy. And if we really look at it, we are to blame not just for Republicans and Democrats that we had to vote for, but I'm to blame for the $30 trillion of debt in the 20 years of war, because I settled for the lesser of two evils. And I'm not doing that anymore. Um, I enjoy the 48 people that we have. A significant number of them are running, not because of ranked choice voting. They're running because they're tired of the two primary parties, like hosing us. And so so, uh, so now we have 48 people running, right? Uh, which I think is just a hoot. Uh, and I'm all about it. Um, you know, I, I would say the truth stings a little bit, right? When we do that introspection, you know, Republicans and Democrats did give us $30 trillion of debt with nothing to show for it. That burden we're going to pass on to countless future generations. You know, the R's and D's did give us 20 years of war, as I mentioned before, you know, that diminished our global standing and we got literally nothing out of it. You know, they gave us the Patriot Act, which, you know, Stalin's wet dream. Um, and then we have all these other increasing regulations and all that junk. And, you know, after one of, we had an election here recently, I, I noticed something unique when I went and talked to people. They realized right up front that it, that it really didn't matter if an R or a D won. Their mill rate was going to go up. There was going to be more regulation. Uh there was going to be more drama and, and they're just tired of voting. Like they're, they're full of, they're full of voter disillusionment, right? I mean, who here isn't pissed off about that PFD? Are you kidding me? Like, why did I vote for Michiki or Bishop? I mean, give me a break. So we're like, well, why not a normal dude? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> just a normal cool. Alaskan, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a fishing guide, right? I mean, literally this morning I was tying these for pipe. Uh, you know, I, I just think that it's time, right? Uh, so we're going to give it a whirl. Well, we're I, I, like, I think complaining I like, isn't enough anymore, you know? Yeah, I like the fact that for folks listening in, we have, uh, I'm John Quick, and we have Chris By here, who's a Libertarian Party candidate for U.S. Congress. And uh, what I love about what you just said was, um, you know, it's one thing to sit on Facebook and be a keyboard warrior, or, or even, you know, the next level, show up to uh, meetings and complain and hear, have your voice heard, which I think is super important, way more important than being a Facebook keyboard warrior. Um, but then the next step of, okay, I'm so perturbed at what's happening that I'm gonna throw my name in the hat. That is a huge step that, <laughs> that not a lot of people are willing to take, uh, to be honest. And um, as you know, you're living it. It gets, it's, uh, there's no more uh, hiddenness to your life anymore. Everything is vulnerable. Um, unfortunately, including, you know, family and friends and where you live and, you know, uh, secret cell phone numbers don't exist anymore and email addresses are all public. And, you know, it's just you are <clears throat> you you went from having maybe portions of your life, you've been able to be keeping yours and 
and nice and quiet to having none of those. And so I applaud you for doing that because I think a lot of folks um, have never taken that step. Win, lose, or draw when they run, it's still a huge part of what we call America is, is being able yeah. to run for an, an office. So kudos to you. You know, I, I uh, like any candidate, I'm sure, out there, we, we have this like little nest of ordinary people would call them trolls. I call them uh, contrarians, right? I mean, they're just contrary to everything. If I told them they had to use oxygen to breathe, they'd hold their breath and do litigation, you know? So what I <laughs> what I um, really do to those people, and if you go to my Facebook, you'll kind of see, I, I offer them a hundred bucks to run. They've got until June to run. So if they got good ideas, I will pay the hundred bucks for them to run. Knock yourself out. Go get them, Tiger. My guess is they're going to hide behind their keyboards and they're going to hide behind their anonymity because it's safer there. Um, that's kind of a shame. It's a detriment because there might be other people out there who are crazy as they are and they might actually win and succeed, but we'll never know because they're, they lack the courage to stand up. So yeah, I, I totally understand John. Yeah, we have, uh, we have, <laughs> we have some folks that don't like must read Alaska and we hear about them all the time on all of our comments. And, um, I, uh, I take a similar approach. Our approach is a little bit uh, less than that. We just basically ignore them, which is kind of what we choose to do. But I'm not running for office, so I don't have to, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to uh, do anything about it. So um, right. the next question is this for you, Chris. Uh, <clears throat> did serving in the Army prepare for you running as an elected official? I know that um, you served in the Army, and I think you became an um, enlisted officer. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a pretty decorated career there in the army, uh, moving up the ranks. And, you know, it takes, um, it, it, it does take some skill to do that. Obviously, you know, if, you, if you're not fit for the job, you're going to peak out. And so you kept going in your career, which is pretty awesome. Did that at all prepare you for what you have now faced in the last year running for office? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, when you're being held to your feet to the fire every day uh, to to be not just successful, but. But bringing people along with you. Right. Um, this is this is no different, you know, maintaining accountability of personnel or uh, maintaining operation op tempo, multimillion dollar budgets, you know, maintaining thousands of pieces of equipment, you know, adhering to regulations you know, all those things are easily relatable items, right? I would say probably one of the largest ones that I've learned, though, is the ability to gather a fairly diverse team to accomplish a, a goal. Um, you know, in the Army, you would do that under austere and conditions and, you know, in a very timely manner, like there's no pressure, right? Um, but, you know, here we've got a little bit more breadth and a little bit more depth in Alaska and 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 some of the intricacies of what we have to accomplish. Now, I'd say one of the most important things I learned while I was in the Army that's applicable to this, before starting any plan, you have to gather your information. And part of gathering your information is simply listening. It's probably the most critical thing, actually, this campaign does, is just sitting down and listening to people. Uh, you probably noticed on our off, I was writing notes. I'm a meticulous note taker. Um, if you go to my website, it's timealaska.com. It was a little pun on Don Young because I thought it was time for him to retire. All those items that you see on that, I didn't dream up. I literally went and asked people for their feedback and I listened and I wrote it down and I took it home with, I got a little brain trust of vets and some others. 
And we researched it and we made it into a platform and then we put it onto the internet. I, I didn't dream any of that up. I, I just listened to people and I find that to be extremely uh, useful. Yeah, very yeah, useful. Who, who would have thought listening to people? Right. <laughs> it's, it's a concept that other politicians need to figure out a little, how to do a little better. So um, tell me, <clears throat> excuse me, my cough. Give me one or two of your accomplishments that you're most proud of and why I know that you've had a, an awesome career in the army and you've been running, I think for office for the last almost year. And uh, you probably had some accomplishments in your time that you're proud of. Give us a couple of those examples. Sure. You know, some of you guys might find these to be a little lacking, but obviously my service ranks fairly high. Right. Um, but, but I would, I would say, um, we're heavy into the volunteer here in, in Fairbanks and, and instilling into my family and my neighbors and my friends, the, the sense of service is uplifting, you know, witnessing service across Fairbanks is for me, electrifying, right? It's not, I mean, it's good that, that I serve my country and everything, but it's just electrifying to do it for your own community, you know, and whether it's Miss Ann and her team at the food bank, um, or Miss Berkowitz and her in Landon at the homeschool um, small arm shooting league, or Mr. Colton and his refs and all the coaches of Fairbanks youth soccer. Um, you know where where they, where they routinely provide tangible service to the community. It's for me, it's motivating, <laughs> extremely motivating, and and I would say those opportunities where we got out and we actually volunteered across Fairbanks is, is are for me a deep accomplishment because uh, you know, that takes time, effort, and a little blood, sweat, and tears to do it. And you know, I see myself or my family and others around me uh, doing it routinely, even at minus 50, you know, shoveling our neighbor. Or we have a widow up the road here and we take care of her lane. You know, I mean, there's simple, small things. I know there's folks out there who are like, that's stupid, but to me, that's an accomplishment that I can look at my kids and say, that's important. You need to go do it without me telling you. And they go up there and they take care of Miss Mo or Miss Name or Miss Joan um, without me asking. Like that's like that, that right there, like hits hard, you know? And then I would say, you probably, if you don't know this already, John, we, we don't raise kids in the by household. We, we raise maturing adults. There, there are no kids in this house. Everybody's got a job and everybody rose. Like, that's just how it goes. And my wife and I expect our daughter and our three sons to be steadfast and courageous, even when it's unpopular. So my daughter goes to a Bible college in Phoenix and she's, you know, she's, um, she's a question asker. Like she, uh, she asks very difficult questions about love and in service um, and how that relates to church. And it makes some people fairly uncomfortable. Um, cause it's a very homogeneous, uh, population there at the school. And so she's, uh, she's bringing a little bit of spice to that, that area because, <laughs> I, I you know, I raised steadfast, courageous kids or, uh, young adults. Right. And then, you, you know, my proud boy, of that. Right. And then my boy is, uh, equally, uh, steadfast and courageous. He's a dual enrolled high school student over here at UAF. And, you know, some of the courses are not designed to teach, uh, at UAF. And that hurts me to say. Um, and he has had to stand up uh, amongst, you know, 20-something-year-olds and tell those instructors they're wrong. 
And he hasn't just done it once. He hasn't done it twice. He's done it like six times. And I, I just find that to be, as a dad, like motivating, right? If my boy can do that, I better get out there and do it too, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I think we've instilled in our kids the ability to do critical thinking. And I think that's imperative life skill, right? And I think it's just as imperative as empathy, integrity, and service for their character to make this world just a little bit better. And uh, it starts right here at home and my community, my neighbors, right? And so that's, you know, that's, those are my two accomplishments, I guess. My family, uh, my boys, and my, uh, my daughter being courageous and steadfast and, and instilling in them the desire to help those around us. Yeah, that's, that's those awesome. are probably it. Well, folks that are listening in, you, uh, you're you just witnessing in front of you, very own eyes, a normal person <laughs> running for Congress, which is a breath of fresh air. Um, he did not hold up his trophies, he, although he probably could have. I'm sure you've won many uh, medals and awards in your Army career, but he just, Chris, you just listed your kids and volunteer services, your two accomplishments, which I think as a, as a father, I have three of my own, is a very... Um, impactful and uh, uh, honoring thing to talk about, because I think that those are the things that I think that we're missing in our communities, um, actual real tangible things that um, make a difference and aren't just uh, cool things to put on a shelf. So way to go for that. I think the next, the next question I have for you is this. I think when people hear about the Libertarian Party, you know, I, so I'm a fan of the Libertarian Party, so I have to share my bias. Even though I'm a registered Republican, I'm a huge fan of the Libertarian Party. I think that <clears throat> it represents Alaskan values probably better than any other party because it is fiercely independent. So much so, I think uh, one of the downsides of the Libertarian Party is it's hard to organize because people are so fiercely independent. Um, but give us a picture for folks that maybe don't know anything about the Libertarian Party. Um, give us a picture of what kind of sets the Libertarian Party apart from the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Sure. So let's let's start. And you with won't a test, you won't right? you won't offend me either. <laughs> Let, let's start with a test, and then we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts. Right. For those of you who are listening, if if you answer yes to either of these questions, you're actually a Libertarian. You're in the wrong party. All right. So if you answer yes to the following question, do you think it's wrong to hurt people? All right, you've made your answer. I'm assuming it's yes. Do you think it's wrong to take people's stuff? Again, I'm assuming you said yes. You're actually libertarians. I know it's a, it's a stretch, but you truly are. Okay, John, I'll be easy. This is actually a pretty easy question. And we have the best record of being right. right? We didn't vote for the $30 trillion of debt and we didn't vote for the Patriot Act and we didn't vote for the $1.2 trillion Infrastructure Act. You know, we didn't vote for a vaccine roster like Mr. Young did. We didn't approve the authorization of use of military force twice, maintaining the you know absolutely poor use of, of our most treasured, treasured resource, the blood of, of the United States military. You know, Republicans and Democrats collaborated on all these and a whole host of other really poor decisions. You know, as a party, we were the first to question these mandates in all their forms. I think what I would really like your audience to, to know is that when you elect a person with a label at their end of their name, an R or a D, one thing is for sure. 
upon reaching DC, they're going to be given a new dance partner. And it's not us. It's not Alaskans. And if you think Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy or Chucky Schumer or Nancy Pelosi care about Alaska, you're not paying attention. And if you think the RNC or the DNC care about Alaskans, you're, you're naive. That, that, that's not how that works. Frankly, you know, the Republicans, uh, let's, let's look at the infrastructure bill, right? $1.2 trillion, right? And we probably, I mean, on MRK, on Must Read Alaska, I, I listened to the, and read the story about for the first time ever, our three representatives went to Juno, or at least at a Zoom meeting with Juno. Are you kidding me? We've been a state from since '59. That was the first time the three of them were around to talk about stuff. That's that's dumb. But that's just dumb. I expect better from those guys. Looking at that 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill is a good example. You know, frankly, the Republicans wanted the money, but they didn't want the debt blame. So, Mitch and the gang looked around and they were like, who is in the most solid Republican seat that we can get to vote for this travesty? Because we want the money, we just don't want the blame. And they came to Alaskans. That's what they did. Because they knew that those Alaskan representatives were going to get reelected because everybody would forgive them for $1.2 trillion. It's just going to get thrown away. Now, I, I've admitted on other programs, uh, I'm a 70% libertarian, right? And I've got a very mean streak of uh, independent. Uh, and, that, and I think that's what's cool because the Libertarian Party, Alaskan Libertarian Party still embraces someone like me. Now, unlike other parties, differences are not just accepted, they're expected. And it's taken roughly since 1936 for the Republicans and the Democrats to build this like house of cards that we call the federal government, right? There's and it's going to take some there's time. There's a show out there like that. It's called House of Cards. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, the Libertarian Party and, and others realize it's going to take some time to remove these House of Cards so it doesn't come crashing down. And we trust Alaskans to understand this as well. You know, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about being a Libertarian, right? I only have one special interest and only one dance partner, Alaskans. Like straight up, that's who I answer to. I don't answer to anybody else. That's who I'll be answering to. And that's how we're going to run uh, when I win. We're going to have a seat at the table for everybody. It's going to be, have to be a really big table. And everybody's invited. Even those who didn't vote for me, uh, they're still invited because I'll be re their representative too. So that's how we run things. That's how libertarians run things. Well, I think that's uh, <clears throat> oftentimes what's, I think, one of the, the bad uh, avenues in which we've gone down in the last several years here in the U.S. and even in Alaska is, We've refused to talk to people. We've refused to talk to people or have a conversation with folks that we disagree with, and I think that that is just such a sad thing because I think that's what makes America great. Is I can sit here and tell you uh, that I feel like the Republican Party is the best seat in town, and you can tell me that the Libertarian Party is the best seat in town, and I don't have to scream at you, yell at you, and you don't have to do the same to me. And we can just have a conversation about why we think um, this or that's better. And I think that there's so few people willing to do that um, today because of the polarization of what the mainstream media and elected officials have, have caused a lot of that to happen as well. And so, you know, we get flack from that. Must Read Alaska gets flack. Why'd you interview Santa Claus? He's a communist Democrat. Why'd you interview blah, blah, blah? Well, 
I think it's important for folks in Alaska to hear from people that are running that are running for office uh, for the one position that we have in U.S. Congress. If Santa happens to win, I want the folks that are listening to Must Read Alaska to know where Santa Claus stands on certain issues. And so, even though I don't agree with Santa Claus, I think it's important to hear him out. And so, I appreciate your stance on some of those things because I think, you know having people sit at your table that you don't agree with is, uh, uh, it's a, uh, it, that seems to be dying um, with today's day and age, which is a sad thing. You know, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier and I probably should have paused on that point. Um, in traveling from the Southeast, you know, all the way up just North of Fairbanks, I don't run into too many libertarians. Uh, I run into quite a few, depending on where I'm at. In Juneau, it was very, very blue. Um, <laughs> I really wish I'd have gotten to see Jeff Lanfield, but he was busy because uh, I find his stuff, uh, I, it makes me chuckle. I, I won't lie. They, <laughs> there's some stories on there that are just really funny. Like the one where he camps out at the airport and reports on people coming in and going. I mean, it's just, I just find that exciting. I really find that funny. Um, but I, I, what I really like about running is, is I have met so many people and contrary to what the media would, would want us to believe, there really isn't that many differences, at least not in Alaska. We're, we're actually pr pretty, pretty close to normal. And there's millions of us just like us. And if we just took the time to turn the TV off you know, if we, we did it, we pulled a um, Jack Johnson and asked where all the good people have gone. And we just like turn that off, you know, and went to our neighbors and just asked how we're doing. I think we'd be much better off. You know, I, I probably sound like, you know, a, some kind of Bob Marley, John Lennon hippie or something. I say <laughs> you're like a, you're a little, are you a guru up in Fairbanks, are you? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> 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 but you know what I would say, you know, we, we talked a little bit about libertarians, right? Just so folks know. We do have doctors. It is, we do have normal folks in it. It is one of the largest political organizations in the military right now for darn good reason, because there's no good reason to go back to Iraq or <laughs> Afghanistan. Trust me on this one. And Ukraine isn't any better. Uh, they're all quagmires with no real good endings in it, uh, except for heartache. Uh, there's other ways to accomplish business and we don't, we don't have to send our most treasured blood over there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, just bare bones examples of um, endless war kind of talk is, um, you know, when the tragedy of 9-11 happened, we created a 9-11 fund for the victims of 9-11 that were in the U.S. That fund was $7 billion. We just sent $40 billion to Ukraine, <laughs> but we only, we've, we only got mustered enough to fund our own people $7 billion. And, Man, sometimes I feel like we forgot about the folks that live here in America that have are homeless, that are actually struggling, uh, that are U.S. citizens, and um, and it is good to help people all around the world. But I think sometimes we forget about the folks that are here in the U.S. And so, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Chris, is you know, libertarians have. Uh, probably a slew of things that they care about. What are some of the top issues that you're running on in your um, 
candidacy here, um, what are some of the things that you're kind of highlighting as you've campaigned the last year or so? Sure. Um, so for those folks who've gone to my website, you know, right up front, I'm a term limit guy. Um, I, I think term limits are beyond necessary. Uh, they, they keep folks in check. And because of that, I've got to really focus heavily on, on items and I've got to really row hard in the beginning, right. Uh, to get my feet going. And there's two that really come to mind. And these weren't Chris Byers ideas. Again, these were brought to me by other Alaskans who are like, Chris, these are important. And I got them so many times that they have now percolated to the top. Cause when I started, it was like the military and audits and, um, and, uh, uh, balanced budget amendment and some other things that I think are key to success. But these two items came up fast and furious. One was land management and resource development. And the next one was the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council. So let's talk real briefly about these two items. You know, we've been a state since 59, right? And we're still waiting on 36 million acres to be handed over to us from DC. 36 million acres. 36 million acres is the equivalent of the state of New York. So think that through all the way. Think how many people live in the state of New York and what that economic engine truly represents. That, that land isn't just dirt. That land represents opportunity. You know, the, the budget from uh, the Alaskan government to the University of Alaska system is, is off the scales, right? I mean, it's huge. And so the state is funding the university system, and the university system takes that money along with tuition and produces some of the most amazing young professionals. And then we export them, right? We, we fund it, we grow them, we nurture them, and then we export these folks because there are no jobs here in Alaska. I, the rumor I heard was something like a third of these professionals get exported because there just isn't any jobs or there's no no, um, no jobs, no job future, if you will. Like they can get the base bottom job, but they're not going to go up anymore. No, that land frozen in the sea of bureaucracy represents future jobs for graduates in systems management, engineering, petroleum engineering, environmentalists, botanists, biologists, teachers, nurses, right? Because all those jobs have second, third order effects that come with them. And that's that land and the resource management of it isn't just a campaign slogan, right? That's again, future opportunities. And, you know, that, that land also represents tourism, right? And how we can best uh, make it environmentally sustainable so we can bring tourism in and we can have development at the same time. It can be done. I, I firmly believe it. Uh, you know, we've waited pretty long. I mean, we had the same guy there for 47 years and we're still waiting on 36 million acres. I'm going to expedite that. All right. So the second thing, which is uh, one of those that percolated up, right? That would be, we've got to fish, fix the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council to reflect upriver conditions, right? Salmon is a statewide issue. That council makes it just an ocean issue. And that council is failing us. It's failing all Alaskans. You know, fisheries are only a renewable resource until they're extinct. And then it's not so renewable. What yeah. we need to do is we need to remove Washington and Oregon from their seats on that council and replace them with, I don't know, let's use Galena, Fort Yukon, Eagle, Bethel, Antioch. 
somebody who represents upriver, upstream on the Yukon or Kuskokwim, have them sit on those seats and make some of those decisions. These are folks who aren't industry bound. They're lifestyle bound, right? We Right now we're paying a lot of these folks emergency funds from a self-licking ice cream cone that was brought to us by the federal government and the state government. And at the end of the day, it's taxpayers who are going to have to clean that mess up. And if we're not going to have taxpayers on those boards and those councils, then we're going to continually have really poor decisions. That's just how it is. So we're going to, we're going to fix that. It all goes back to making sure we've got future opportunities, right? So those are the two things. And, you know, go to my website. If you think we need to add more, add more. I'm a fishing guide. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a politician. I'm a citizen legislator. So. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the staunch arguments here on the Kenai Peninsula for the last forever has been the commercial fishing guys versus the sports. Right, they're always suing each other. <coughs> they can't agree that the sky's blue, and I, if these groups were to could come together and figure out, you know, I always thought, man, these fish are being caught before they even get to Alaska waters. There's the group out there in Washington, Oregon with huge boats that are getting all these fish before they even touch Alaskan waters. And that's one of the huge reasons I think um, that our fishing industry is just tanked over. I mean, on the Kenai Peninsula, commercial fishing is just, it's, it's non-existent. Um, and there's folks on the Kenai River that have basically not even broke even the last couple of years. They're losing money, losing their livelihood. And it's very sad to see. And um, I think we're going after the wrong groups. I think the commercial fishing guys and the sports fishing guys um, should uh, go one more step down the road and find the folks that are getting these fish before they even hit our waters and go after those folks. So I like and, your, uh, I like, I like one of your points. That, that, <clears throat> and that's the fisheries council. That, yeah. that region that the North Pacific covers is only Alaska waters. So why does Washington and Oregon even have a seat on that council? It's frustrating. They already have seats on their Pacific Fisheries Management Council, which, by the way, is tanking. So why in the world would we allow these industry insiders to regulate and to interfere with the way the state views salmon as a state as a statewide issue? Right. I mean, why would we do that? Well, so Chris, we that's just the way we've always that. done it. <laughs> And, and that's what we're all about, right? I mean, that's why you've got a libertarian candidate. You don't have to settle for this binary choice. You've got an ordinary, well, moderately ordinary guy, right, <laughs> running for Congress who simply sees things in an out-of-the-box problem-solving method. And this is a simple one we can fix. Will it take time? Absolutely. I mean, if you go to the website, you'll see we also want to phase out bottom trolling, right? These are those big nets that they just drag <laughs> across the bottom. That is the number one issue for Republicans to Democrats that everybody agrees on in Alaska. So yeah. why are we not doing it? If everybody, if there's one thing that we all can agree on besides needing oxygen to breathe is that bottom trolling is bad. Why is the council not responsive to our demands? Why? We've got to fix that. We just have to. Simple reason they could care less. <laughs> there's a lot of money involved you're yeah. probably not going to find any other candidate that's willing to talk about this like me well there, there is we, one candidate not. it's uh but he's not running for u.s congress it's it's uh charlie pierce he's 
I, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I defer to Charlie and uh, Edie, who, by the way, if you haven't met Edie, she is, uh, she's a hero of mine. Like, straight yeah, he, up. She's he, awesome. He, um, <laughs> he, he talks a lot about the bycatch, um, yeah. which um, he has kind of uh, gone after as a thing that is just not good for anybody. This huge. That's right. And, and a lot of people don't even, I, I'm not a bycatch, bycatch expert by any means, but by any means, but a lot of people don't even know what a, what bycatch is, which is not any fault of their own, but it's a, essentially, it's just a way to waste a lot of fish. That's a legal way right now. And it's debilitating to folks that are trying to make a living catching, let's say halibut on uh, commercial or <clears throat> sports fish expeditions. And in Homer, it's going to be tough to catch a halibut um, one or two halibut when bycatch catches thousands of them. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, it's things like that, that people have been unwilling to tackle because it ruffles feathers and it's, it gets the good old boys them. club mad. Yeah. You know, I, so, I, I, that's la- what I'm all about. Let's, let's ruffle those feathers. Let's fluff that la- Let's get her, let's get her moving. My last question so. to you is this, Chris, it's a two-parter. Um, if there's anything we haven't covered today, feel free to have this a uh, couple minutes here to talk about it and then tell people where they can find you on Facebook, your website, if they want to get involved, if they want to be a volunteer or donate, um, give people the one, two, three of how they would do that. Sure. So, so you, you briefly touched the subject earlier and I, I would, would mind if we, we go back to it. Um, you, you'd sent me a question about, you know, who's my hero and why. You know, I, I served in the army and I've been around the world. So we're not going to talk about war stories. I'm going to tell you about a hero that's here in Fairbanks that I've I've recently ran into. <coughs> and we, we do a lot of feeding of, of homeless folks up here in, in Fairbanks. Uh, it's I think charity belongs to the people and not to the government. And so we're actively out there doing it, right? And I, I ran into a gentleman, a transient named Shorty. Uh that, that's pretty good uh, analogy of what he looks like. He's a short little feller. You know, his nickname amongst the natives is uh, Shashia Gusak, right? Gusak is slang for white guy and Shashia is uh, witching for brother. So his nickname is brother white guy. You know, and this man, he's made all kinds of mistakes in his life, but he's determined not to allow those mistakes to dictate his future and define who he is. He is a he is a mediator, a counselor, a helper, a friend, I don't know, a true brother to, to the homeless population in Fairbanks. Any of the homeless know this guy. I mean, whether it's him giving them cigarettes or him finding them a coat, mittens, hats. I mean, the, you know, he doesn't get paid. He's extremely reliable. You know, he's relied upon for honest and partial advice for a host of issues that well exceed you know, his academia credentials, right? He doesn't look for government handouts. He just tries to, he just tries to make the world a little better around himself. And that's, you know, that's really what this campaign is all about, right? The guy gets up every day, regardless of the temperature, and it gets freaking cold up here. And he's out there looking for homeless people to give them a blanket. Pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I hate to get emotional, but like, ugh. 
That's like deep down inside, like that's our job and we are failing at it because we have ceded it over to the federal government. And we're missed out on all these opportunities to meet people like, you know, Shashia Gusek, right? So yeah, there's there's a hero for you. Like if you're looking for him, they're, and they're everywhere. Like I just happened to run into this guy because I was handing out food for, you know, a little while. And now he, now he knows where we meet and he shows up and he brings this group of, of folks, you know, who are just looking for a meal. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's like the intermediary, right? And a uh, guy doesn't get paid. I tried to give him money. You know what he wants? He wants coats. <laughs> he wants coats in size large and he wants gloves and hats. Like that's, that's what he wants. So we give it to him. <laughs> Why not? So, yeah. So if you're out there and you're wondering where all the good people have gone, they're still here. Yeah. They, they just don't get media attention. Right. So, and then, and then lastly, like, you know, what else would I like to share? I'll put this out quickly. I realize how hard it is for me to ask folks to stray from their typical political pathway. I know I've been there, right? I know that feeling where we continually go to the voter box, we select the lesser of two evils, and we pray and we hope and we beg and we plead that things turn out better. And then, and then we get that eye-blinking shock. Right. And then we're like, what the heck? That's not what I sent this guy there to do. And then we're like, why? Why did you vote that way? You know, we send all these letters and I'm pretty sure they don't get read. And then and then the disappointment sets in. Right. I mean, that's me. Like, I've been there. I mean, just look at our PFD, for goodness sakes. You know, and I mean, how many of us got machikied or bishoped right over that PFD? I mean, it's just asinine. And that happens at the federal level as well. You know, I find myself asking all the time, like, holy buckets, is this the best we got? Like, these, these are the decision makers we've got. But we need normal people up there. We need to get rid of career politicians and any groomed ones and just put normal folks up there. It's time. And if we don't get off the sideline, we're going to be hurting. I drive the Alcan a lot, um, a lot. Uh, and I was driving up through Hardington, Nebraska, on my way back up to Alaska through the Alcan. And right outside Hardington is this big red barn. And on the side of the barn, in big, bold letters, reads, Home of the Free Because of the Brave. Behind has this wavy flag, right? I understand the meeting up front, right? You know, we're free because of the work vets have done. I understand that. But I think that sign goes much, much, much deeper. To remain free, it is imperative that voters also execute bravery. They just have to. Otherwise, we continually vote for the lesser of two evils and we get $30 trillion of debt. You keep making left turn and right hand turns, you come back to $30 trillion of debt. That's a burden we're putting on kids who aren't even born yet, who aren't even in the workforce yet. We got to do better. We just have to. I, you know, I, I, would, uh, I, would, I would end with this. If you look back at the historical facts, again, $30 trillion of debt, 20 years of war, the Patriot Act, all this other stuff brought to us by Democrats and Republicans, we have to ask, why would we continue to put our faith in these two parties? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's contrary to forward movement. I don't care how folks voted in the past, John, in, in the audience. I, I don't care how you voted in the past. I care about how you vote in the future. Because that, that vote represents opportunity. Opportunity for us currently and future opportunities. 
I'm just a vet turned fishing guide, right? I'm not a politician. I'm a citizen legislator, but I can't sit on the sideline anymore. And I recommend you don't either. You know, the, the thing that I learned from an Alaskan, John, this is a, a slogan I got when I was down in the Matt Sioux sports show. Typical Alaskans can make better decisions than groomed or career politicians, period. I, when I was 12, I was fishing. I wasn't dreaming about being the next Republican anything. I didn't follow Don Young around for five to six weeks. I, I don't have that accolade. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, a, I'm a fishing guide. So I, I don't have those ins and outs of politician bureaucracy crap. I'm just a normal dude. Like, you can find out more about me at uh, itstimealaska.com. I know I mentioned that earlier. It was a, a, a really bad pun uh, as we started last year, thinking that it was time for Don Young to retire. So it's timealaska.com. I'd, I'd ask folks to check it out. Again, I'm, I'm just a citizen legislator, right? I, I don't have all the answers. So if you go on there and you see something wrong or something that needs to be added, please let me know. Don't let me walk around with no clothes on, right? I, I don't know these things. And uh, I think you should know everything on there is generated by Alaskans for Alaskans. I encourage that refinement because, again, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a dude. You know, John, I, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I was one of those guys who, like, poked you guys in the eye. I'm like, holy crap, you had Santa Claus on, but you can't have, like, a real dude. Uh, so, yeah, that was me. Uh, and I did post that on Facebook because I've been blocked because of my email address. Thank you. Uh, but I'm okay with it. I'm tough. Uh, but I do appreciate this opportunity, John. Nice. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. And um, uh, for those of you that are listening, thanks so much for uh, joining Chris and I here for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes. We went a little long, which I think is uh, fine. It's It was fun to hear from you, Chris. And uh, wish you luck in your campaign. And if, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how this plays out. But I would say keep, it, keep in mind... Uh, <laughs> you know, Fairbanks assembly or something like that. I'd love to see you. Um, I think that's one of the things that um, if libertarians got organized, they could kick butt in local elections because the, the, the bigger Republican party has not been involved in assembly races or city council races or yeah. borough races. You know, and, one of the, uh, the best accolades I've received in this uh, came from my very blue, 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 um, uh, public school administrator. I was uh, down in the Southeast and uh, she came up to me. She talked uh, with me. I listened, you know, and then she walked off and she came back and then she, she's a little shorter lady and she put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, Chris, I am so glad you don't have millions of dollars because you would be politically terrifying. I mean, <laughs> you have a blue person who's voted blue for 30 years who's supporting you. Like you would be terrifying. And I, and I responded to her. I'm like, uh, I hung up those, that battle rattle years ago. I'm not terrifying anymore. What's terrifying is the rest of the people coming behind me. You know? I mean, those dudes aren't playing around. You know? So uh, it was quite an accolade to get from a, you know, a 30 year voting Democrat to say, you know, I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to put some trust in you um, because I can see that you're actually about Alaskans and the love for Alaskans. So I, I would just ask folks, you know, think about it, right? it could happen. Worst things could happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a term limit guy. So John, it'll be your, your turn next. Uh, oh, gosh, that's yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to uh, interviewing folks. So thanks everybody for joining, <laughs> for tuning in. And we want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring the show because of thanks, folks, Charlie. Uh, yeah, because of Charlie, we're able to 
spread conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. We don't uh, shy away from the fact that we do uh, represent conservative news in Alaska. We don't uh, try to pretend like we're something we're not, like our competitors might do. So we are uh, very boldly uh, out there saying that we represent conservative news and we're proud of it. So um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have a show, I believe, on Friday. I don't know who our guest may be. Maybe an assembly lady from the uh, from Anchorage. So that'll be lively as the assembly there has tried to pass an ordinance to basically say that we can uh, remove the mayor if he offends us. Essentially, that's what the ordinance is saying in, in, at the uh, Anchorage assembly. So hopefully we'll have uh, an assembly person on, on Friday to talk about what that means. Until then, signing off from Summer Alaska, I'm your host, John Quick. Thanks so much for tuning in.